On the Art of Meditating Like a Boss Bitch Fairy Princess, Ella. Whoever thinks that you have to go through pain in order to meditate is dumb. We are all already suffering. Meditation doesn't have to be painful, too. Oh, that doesn't mean it'll be easy. Oh, no. In that sense, I suppose meditation is a bit painful. Actually, okay, yeah, it's really painful. Like, what do I do with this boredom painful? Like, oh my god, I have to practice forgiving myself again painful. But it's the good kind of pain. Like the ache in your muscles that you feel like while you're climbing the highest mountain in the universe, located inside your own brain. A few years ago, I turned a corner in my meditation practice and started getting more serious about it. I wondered if it was time to take it to the next level, so to speak. I remember writing a big Facebook post, asking all my friends what they thought of me doing one of those retreats where you don't talk and you pretty much meditate all day long. The Facebook reviews were mixed. Some people swear by Vipassana retreats. I know Mistress loves them, actually. That's inspiration enough for a baby girl to go immediately. Other people had other opinions. It seemed like the retreat could go either way, depending on them and you and the situation. Kind of like everything in life, really. I was intrigued by the routine of ten days, day after day. I was intrigued by the ritual and by the community accountability. I also thought it was pretty amazing that they would house you and feed you for those ten days and only ask for a token bit of money as a donation, with no preaching. These seemed like good people. In the end, I didn't go because of my back. My never-get-comfortable spine wouldn't have allowed me to meditate for sessions of 45 minutes to an hour and a half without moving, and I didn't want to be disruptive to others or spend the time feeling in pain or embarrassed. Honestly, it's okay, though, because it meant that instead of jumping pell-mell into battle like usual, a cute little thought sprouted into being inside my mind. What if, instead of going full steam ahead like you usually do, going for the hardest, most intense experience... You try for something different. So I did, and I'd love to share it with you. I'm not saying my way is the only way. It's an infinitesimal fraction of the myriad of possible paths we have for returning to our breath. The breath is to meditation as, as the basic step is to salsa dancing, as in it's essential and vital in order for your journey to the sexy steps to commence. There are lots of ways. Buddhist ways, Christian ways, secular ways, athlete ways, musician ways. Lots of ways. But my way has been working for me, and I'm pretty sure there are other fairy princesses out there who might learn from my journey. So if you're looking for a monk who smacks your back when you slump a shoulder, I do not judge you. I, too, have craved a smack from time to time. But if you would prefer instead a meandering walk through the fairy princess garden of your mind route to enlightenment, well, please, come with me. First, it must be understood, the mind works best from a point of stillness. But do not confuse stillness with not being allowed to move. You can dance while you meditate if you wish. It took me a long time to get there today. Sometimes I don't get there for weeks, and I think it isn't real that I've made it up. Whatever it is, this space, this no space. When I am there, my body evaporates. Gently but suddenly, tension and stress melt away. With a snaky little twist, I whip my back in just the right way, and my spine pops back into place. My back pain fades off into the distance. The knot in my stomach disappears. The crazy thing, though, is how irrelevant all that is. I'm aware of my body, feeling better than I have all day, but I don't really care anymore. I'm somewhere else, floating in the dark night sky, a twinkling star in the constellation of the universe. 
a tentacle of ego rearing up its adorable head, reconnecting to source. The pull of the ego is fierce, so fierce that sometimes I don't get to that spot at all. I breathe and I mantra and I do all the things, but my brain just won't let go. Sometimes I get there, but only for a second. Then something happens and it slips away. The most ridiculous times are when I'm there, but I just decide to leave. I mean, what the heck? I could feel that just now on the terrace, the wanting to leave feeling calling me like an evil siren in the distance. I was soaking in the sun, doing what mommy says I do naturally, drawing it down or something. I don't know what happens with me in the sun, but it's like my magnet to my heart. I feel it on my face and it makes me purr like a cat. It makes me kneel at attention like I used to do in my submissive days, like I will do again. The sun comes, and if I close my eyes in just the right way, I can almost feel it talking to me. The first time I ever heard that voice was a few years ago, on the porch at Fuckface's condo, when he was still abusing me. There's nothing like trauma to speed up your path to enlightenment, or to total instability. In my case, it was kind of both. Anyway, I'd been meditating more than normal, and this one day I just fell into that space by accident. Actually, was the sun there that first time? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe my sun meditation came later. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is, on the terrace that day, I heard that voice. For the first time I heard it, and that was when I realized I believed in God. I think I'd heard it before, actually, when I was meditating upstairs in my office, just a few weeks after I'd met Mommy. I heard it and realized that it sounded kind of like her. She tells me that story a lot. I remember it, but I love hearing her tell it. The voice I heard in my office on the terrace, on my brother's living room floor, it was the voice of true unconditional love, the voice that asks you tenderly if you are well, the voice that comforts you when you are sad. Perhaps that's why it combines so well with the sun, the warmth on my face and that voice in my head. I'm a little future human floating inside my mother, still part of her. Because that's what we are, aren't we? We're all pieces of the universe. Everything is. Rocks, flowers, animals. All those things are pieces of the universe. As are we. Us. Us humans. What's different about humans? Isn't it self-awareness? Self-awareness is a spectrum, of course, because animals are self-aware to an extent, but as the age-old question goes, do they fear death? Certainly they are programmed to try to stay alive. But, and of course, perhaps once we learn to talk with them, I'll be totally wrong, but... I think they probably don't really understand their own mortality. Who cares, anyway? Maybe dolphins have philosophical conversations. They can talk to each other, that's for sure. So if they can discuss fear of death, that would make them little ego tentacles of the universe, too. The weird thing is that it seems to me that the more self-aware we are of, you know, self, the less universe-aware we seem to be of, you know, the universe of which we are all just tiny specks, the one that birds and bees seem to have no problem just blending into. I don't know if this is related, but Mommy says that when humans are eventually wiped out, the universe will never again create a species that has such big brains without empathy being guaranteed. It's shitty, too, because some people have empathy. The problem is that while some people are happy giving of themselves forever, other people only want to take, 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 which obviously ends up with them as the bullies in power. We could li live in harmony with the universe. We're smart enough, capable enough, rich enough in resources, you know. As a species, we could totally make it. But Jesus, every day I'm hearing poor Antonio Guterres on UN radio pleading with everyone to just stop. Please. 
and meanwhile the world burns and nobody listens. I feel like this is a constant in my life, the yelling of fire that everyone ignores. Anyway, I was trying to talk about meditation, but I guess I had to mention those things because the whole point of meditation is being one with the universe, isn't it? And the thing is, we are. We simply are. We are all part of this universe. And when we can remember that, when we can feel it, when we can embody it, well, sometimes, just for a second, we can forget about our ego tentacle and just be. It takes a lot of hours, a lot of discipline, and a shit ton of faith. Because, you know, who the fuck am I to be telling you what meditation is? I could be a giant fraud. You're just going to have to invest a giant amount of time and energy into it in the hopes that this leap of faith is worth it. I promise you, this leap of faith is worth it. My approach to meditation has taken the opposite path from a pattern I'd had pretty much my whole life. Pattern up till now. Bite off as many things as I could chew, plus a few extra. Try not to choke as you eat all the projects you can possibly manage. Never really enjoy your accomplishments, because even during the party to celebrate whatever cool thing you've done, you are already busy overbooking yourself in the next one. I have a new philosophy this time around. It goes like this. Meditation is the journey toward finding the voice of wisdom and love in your heart, the one that connects you to other beings and to your place in the universe. Therefore, how about we get there through wisdom, love, time, and patience instead of self-flagellation? Huh. Novel fucking idea. That means if you meditate for a minute a day, that's enough. If you sit down to focus on your breath in June and again in September, that's enough. It's all about finding opportunities to access yourself and being kind when you do and when you don't. One day you'll find that you look forward to these sessions with yourself. You'll start seeking it out more because you can feel something. You're not sure what, but you like it. You are feeling tiny glimpses into the idea that you belong to something bigger. Tiny tastes of what it could be if you weren't only your ego. You begin to look forward to these sessions. You start to make space for them in your life. Through classes, retreats, or a pillow on your couch. You meditate lying on the floor. You meditate listening to slow music and dancing. You meditate cross-legged with a candle in silence. You meditate while doing splits to Tosh Sultana. Sometimes you add orgasm. In essence, my approach to meditation is like watering the garden of my being. I want everything to flourish. Body, soul, spirit. I nurture myself as best I can every damn day. And when I meditate, I learn how to do it even better. And don't you dare even try to let that but-it's-selfish gremlin distract you for even one nanosecond. Because do you know who is able to be kind and generous and thoughtful and patient to other people? People who are kind, generous, thoughtful, and patient with themselves. That's who. I realized I never finished my story above, about what I felt just now on the terrace. Basically, I was having a conversation with the universe, or whatever that voice is inside my head. I mean, maybe the voice is just me, the wisest and kindest version of myself, the one I can find when I execute my fairy princess self-love routine to perfection. Maybe the voice is just me. Maybe it's God. Maybe it makes no difference. Aren't we all supposed to be part of God? I'm no Bible studier, but I do think we're supposed to be God's children, the spiritual equivalent to blood of your flesh and bone. So we're part of God, right? To me, the word God brings up too many contradictions, so I don't use that one. I use the universe. So does Mommy. Should I start writing yet, I asked the universe. My body was gone, and I was floating. 
I was vaguely aware of wind on my shoulders, and occasionally the ego tug of I'm getting cold would start to distract me from my perch. But for once, I held on. The tug of ego kept coming, but I stood firm. The only part of my body that I feel are my feet, I realized. Can people really levitate if they meditate well enough, I asked the universe. The universe did not reply. Outrageous. An idea came suddenly out of nowhere then, perhaps a seed planted by universal consciousness, or maybe just a weird thought experiment that worked. I grounded myself through my feet like a very serious Tadasana pose. That's yogi Sanskrit for mountain pose in yoga, where you stand up straight and tall. I rooted myself on my fairy princess carpet ride, and then I took off flying. With the wind on my face and the universe in my head, I was flying, and I was whole. I was loved. Come back inside the house, called my ego from somewhere far away. We need to write. Do you want to go inside, Mistress Me, I asked myself. Or maybe the universe did. Sometimes it's not clear who's talking. No, I said back, quite firmly. Do you, baby girl? Absolutely not, she shrieked, delighted by all the fun. And you, super boss bitch? Fuck no, she replied. United we stand. We can write later, we chorused, and continued on our magic carpet ride. What do you want to write about, asked the universe. Meditation, I said firmly. For once, my ego was kind enough not to remind me that I'd already started writing this very blog two weeks ago, yet here it was without a word on the page. Not a single word. Part of meditation is the art of patience. For me, two weeks is a lot of patience. Do you know what meditation is, asked the universe curiously. Being here now, I replied without hesitation. Do you know about being here now, asked the universe. Not like a mean teacher, but like a mother who wants to make sure you're ready and can cover all the bases. Maybe, I said. Suddenly I was baby girl hardcore. All right then, show me. Be here now. And so I showed the universe. I've always worked best as a performer on a deadline. On and off for the next minute, or maybe it was a half hour. Meditation involves the art of losing track of time. I floated on my magic carpet ride. I recentered when a loud noise interrupted me. I returned to my breathing when the cold reminded me I had a body. I'm like Elizabeth Gilbert, I thought, with a mosquito and eat, pray, love. I stayed my course like I was wakeboarding on the ocean of life. Then, eventually, I came inside to write you this post. There are a lot of people out there who will tell you how to meditate. Some of them will do a great job guiding you through it. There are many incredible teachers. One of my favorite meditations ever is I Would Like to Give You Permission by Sarah Blondin. When I was having rough trauma recovery, Jason Stevenson's sexy-ass voice and even sexier words made me feel so affirmed. There are a trillion other teachers. Download an app, go to a class, go to church, visit an ashram. I'm not here to tell you how, but I am here to tell you why. Don't ever lose sight of why you're meditating. You're meditating so you can access your innermost wisdom and love so that you can remember your place in the universe, so that your material problems and day-to-day -day woes lose some of their significance. You meditate so you can own your shit. You meditate so you can feel your feelings, be more authentic, be more true. We come to a place of calm because we can create best from a place of stillness. Before we find the calm, we're going to have to dig through a lot of freakouts. Shit's about to get real, people. We can learn about ourselves when we give ourselves room to listen, to absorb and cleanse the thoughts and feelings that cloud our judgment and terrify our mind. 
We don't meditate to run from feelings or to get rid of thoughts. It's quite the opposite, really. We meditate so we can hear our thoughts and our feelings, clearly, lovingly, wisely. It is from that unnamed, unknowable place that we can mother ourselves, love ourselves as we need to be loved, be steered in the direction we need to be steered. It's a careful balance of giving and receiving. We meditate to remember that we are all fairy princesses and badass bitches, that we should do the best with what we have, that we can enjoy our lives for what they are, the tiniest of moments when the mycelium of universal consciousness fruits up our tiny ego mushroom heads. Basically, we're all just mushrooms. So yeah, I'm not here to tell you how to meditate, but if you want me to, then just do this. Just curl up in a sunbeam and pretend you're a cat. That can be your meditation lesson for the day. Love, Lorelai.